0: Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kyle Senra, and joining me is one of my other co-hosts, Alessandro Senator. Alessandro, how are you doing?
1: Uh, doing pretty good, Kyle. I'm
0: doing pretty good. Awesome. Uh, unfortunately, no Kayla Morton tonight, but we do have another guest joining us, a uh, returning guest. He uh, writes for Full Press Coverage Jaguars and joined us for the Jaguars uh, preseason episode. Uh, everyone, please welcome Brad Harvin. Brad, how are things going?
2: uh going great down here in uh in uh sunny jacksonville it's, uh, another hot one down here <laughs>
0: all right awesome i know it's uh starting to get cold here in canada we're maybe getting snow tomorrow so yeah and <laughs> not the wow. same here
2: that that sounds nice <laughs> I'm <a laughs> <bad Floridian>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh hopefully it's not too cold but we'll see uh anyway um uh, cool hopefully uh, we uh, warm you up with our uh, great hot fantasy takes here uh, really? hopefully not too hot but uh, yeah so we're doing our week nine preview part one uh, and part of uh, part of the appeal of br- having Brad here is the Jags play an important game in London that not a primetime game but I mean anyone who's up that early all eyes will be on them so uh, we'll get to that but uh, starting off with the Thursday night game Alessandro um you probably want to rant about something, so if you before we get to the Thursday game, if you want to talk about any of the trades that have happened, or if you want to completely ignore that um, due to your Jets fandom, then I, I understand that we can get right to Thursday night.
1: The only thing I want to say is, thank God I still have Lameon Bell and Jamal Adams, but I don't think I'll have Jamal Adams much longer.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, this just best organizations are or just bad. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Right.
1: Look, I mean, look, look. When you he's not wrong, you know Joe Douglas. When you do get a call about Jamal, you have to ask if they're willing to pay the price. They were not willing to pay the price, so I mean, he's not wrong, and Jamal's not wrong, but I don't know. We'll leave it there. All right. Uh, so I guess I'll get to the game: Forty ers and Cardinals. Um, so we're in Arizona for this one. 49ers, obviously 7-0 are the clear favorites here um, versus the Cardinals, who did add a couple of pieces. Kenny Drake from the Miami Dolphins for a fifth-round pick. Told you, Kayla. It's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a chocolate milk. Um, so uh, David Johnson is questionable to play. We're not um, – we won't have to see – what happens with him if he actually does play i'm pretty sure that uh he is a um uh going to call it that he's a uh, uh game time situation there we go um other notable players that are out Kyle jucic obviously mike Mc- McClinchy, he is also out um joe stanley is doubtful to play and um they have a secondary second stringer that's also out. Um uh Matt Breida was limited practice yesterday, well today technically. And uh Hmm. And uh um so we'll see if he actually plays or not. Again, game time decision, same thing with uh Rasheem Mozart. Uh he's also a game time decision, but it's trending that they may play. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Um, on the Cardinals side, Zach Allen, he's out, and Chase Edmonds is out with a hamstring injury. So, And then uh, David Johnson's also questionable to play. So with all of that going out, um, obviously you're going to take the 49ers. Obviously you're going to um, pick them because be, their team has just been, you know, egregious and just, like, murderous to – Ever living hell out everybody and anybody they play, um, for the 49ers, obviously, uh, because of their awesome win. You're going to start Jimmy Garoppolo if you have him in your league. Um, he's worth super flex, and um, definitely, and I, I would say single, uh, single QB leagues, but that that's up to you if you have him or not. Um, as far as the running back game, uh. I'll still take Tiffin Coleman, but I have to keep an eye out for Rashad Mozart and Matt Breida. If they played, then that's definitely going to cut up a lot of uh, touches from each person because they always have like a receiving back, a running back, and a touchdown red zone back. So we'll see how uh, all that plays out. But for right now, until I know Breida and Mozart are playing, I'm playing Coleman. And um, obviously, I'm going to play Kittle um sanders was doing good in his game against the panthers as his first time he grabbed 25 yards and a touchdown so i'll play sanders debo is back give me debo and uh the one person that i would say is a sleeper here is dante pettis he's not been making his production as normal because there's so many mouths to feed so it kind of Makes it a mute point to play him. But if he does play, I could see him making some production. Um, like I said, sleeper. That's you, you got to be cautiously optimistic. And I'll definitely play the 49ers defense. They've been uh, racking up sacks and interceptions. They got seven sacks last uh, week against the Panthers and three interceptions. So um, definitely it's going to be a much better day. Carolina's offense is a lot. Better, I would say, than the Cardinals' offense. So, uh, with that in mind, the Cardinals are just going to uh, get swallowed up big time. As far as the Cardinal side of the ball, um, there's not that many plays you could do here. Um, you could probably play Kenyon Drake since they're probably on run the ball. Uh, Kyle Murray, if you have him in super flex maybe uh, single uh, single QB leagues um Christian Kirk uh, I would play just because you're going to need a receiver and Christian Kirk and Larry Fitz seem like the two biggest ones that you could actually get something out of um they did play a very stout New Orleans defense last week so and they're playing even uh, even stouter um 49ers defense so uh if you could find people in um, other places, I would definitely do that. But if you have to play someone from here, um, Larry Fitz, Charles Clay, Christian Kirk, Cal Murray—these th- are the only guys I actually would even consider um, playing and doing with touch Cardinals defense.
0: Um, Brad, we haven't heard from you in a bit. Do you want to chime in on any of those? Do you is there anything you disagree with vehemently against Alessandro?
2: Uh, not necessarily. Uh, I, I feel I feel pretty good. Definitely uh, spot on with uh, definitely the 49ers take. I'm not. Uh, I'm maybe not as sold on Pettis as, uh, as he might be. I, I, know, I, I know beginning of the year there was a lot of talk about him, but uh, it just seems like there's so many weapons. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see which one really emerges for San Francisco. I mean, here we are in week nine, and they haven't really had – you know, anybody kind of, kind of step up. Uh, definitely, similar situation down here in Jacksonville at the beginning of the year. Um, we we know how that has uh, emerged, and of course, I'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, the uh, forty uh, nine ers definitely a uh, a surprise so far this year. Uh, their uh, defense is incredible. Uh, definitely have to uh, agree with that. And uh, as far as the Cardinals go, I mean, I was I was a little perplexed by the Kingian Kingian Drake move. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think he could plug in and maybe, I mean, he, he has some explosiveness. I mean, let's, let's be honest, but, uh, the Arizona, Arizona offensive lines, yeah, not not going to be very good against that front seven, uh, for the, for the Niners, but he, he could pop one. And on, I mean, if you had to, you know, if you had to plug him in, I mean, I, I think it would be a good, good play. But, uh, yeah, everything else uh, sound sound pretty spot
0: on. Yeah, I also agree that Pettis is incredibly scary. Uh, He played 92% of the snaps in week seven. Uh, And then as soon as Sanders got there last week, 30%. And part of that was Debo Samuel missed that game too. So it does seem like he's at the very least third on that totem pole. Uh, Kendrick Bourne actually played more snaps than he did. So, uh, I know snaps don't always necessarily equate to production, but being out there is pretty important. So, yeah, I'd definitely... I I would need to see it from Pettis before trusting him again. Uh, I'm actually surprised the Cardinals' offensive line in adjusted uh, line yards, uh, according to Football Outsiders, is ranked 17th. So, uh, is it an upgrade for Kenyon Drake in terms of offensive line? Because the Dolphins were ranked 25th. Definitely, yeah.
2: Middle of the pack, wow.
0: Okay. Which, I get, again, they were, and they were bottom feeders last year. So... Um, you know, maybe understated how they didn't, they, I mean, they did break some guys in. So, uh, you know, we know we see from the bucks that just adding a bunch of offense alignment doesn't always work. Even if you make early investments, they don't always pay off, but at least the Cardinals have gotten to a, you know, a letter, a level where they're at least mediocre, which was, is an improvement on last year for sure. But yeah, against the 49ers, it's tough to trust any Cardinal this week, really. Um, I guess the good news there is we'll have all this information before anything else, so we'll know if David Johnson's playing. We'll know if Matt is playing before we have to make any other decisions. It's, it's good about Thursday, but yeah, definitely look for that. Uh, another game that uh, is earlier than all the others, except for the Thursday game, of course, is uh, uh, the London game. So we're going to travel overseas. Texans at Jaguars. Uh, an AFC South matchup that isn't quite so south, more, more east uh, here. But uh, Brad, talk to us about Texans and Jaguars.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, the kickoff at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning, uh, it's, it's a huge game for really both teams, probably more so the Jaguars, just because they're, they're in third place, I guess, technically looking up to at the Texans and the Colts. They're really only one game back in the win column. Uh, just uh, they, they, the Jaguars have routed off a couple wins, uh, granted against uh, the Bengals and, and the Jets. Sorry. Alessandro, but, uh, uh, so, you know, definitely weaker opponents, but in the past, in past years, when, uh, Blake Borrell was behind center, those were some of the games that they would lose. So, um, now, you know, they're, they're sitting at 500, hoping to get to five and four before the bye week. Uh, and then the, the big question will be, uh, with Nick folds coming back, will he be inserted into the, uh, starting role or will, uh, continue to go with, uh, Gardner Minshew. So, yeah, huge game across the pond. And uh, really what I'm looking for, if, if you recall the Week 2 matchup, it was a 13-12 victory over uh, by the Texans. And, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of controversy around here with Marone uh, deciding to go for two at the end of the game. I didn't mind the call at all. I thought it was aggressive. Uh, what I didn't like was the play call. Uh, they really kind of took it out of uh, Minshew's hands uh, there. and uh, gave the ball to Fournette who really couldn't find any running room really all day long. And I, I think that's going to – I think it's going to be different this time in London. Uh, Jaguars historically have been able to put up some points over there. Um, I mean, this is what their fourth or fifth straight year playing over there. Um, they, they they, definitely have, a, I guess, a little bit of a following over there from uh, everything I've seen on Twitter and, and everywhere else. So it's not – I mean – of course, it's not a home, home game uh, like, like it would be at a TIA bank down here, but uh, it's definitely going to be favorable for them. Um, this is the Texans' first trip over there, I believe, so uh, they don't have that. They're not uh, acclimated to the travel schedule or anything like that. So the Jaguars, uh, like I said, have done this in the past, so they, they probably have a little bit of a routine, a little bit of a schedule, so I think that's a little bit of a one-up and truthfully i mean they they need it, they need the game more uh to to stay relevant in the afc south which is uh coming down to possibly being in a dogfight to hopefully to the to the end of the year um as far as uh fantasy wise i think this game is going to be an opposite i, I think it's going to be a shootout compared to the first game uh like i said 13 to 12 week 2 i think this one has all the makings of a high scoring affair. I'm not talking, you know, uh, 45, 40 kind of game, but something in the, in the thirties, twenties, uh, which is a lot of points for, uh, really the Jaguars. Uh, but the reason being is because both teams are really nicked up on defense. I mean, if you look at the, when it comes to the Jaguars, uh, they're, I believe they have uh, three linebackers out, including their uh, rookie, Quincy Williams, uh, their veteran who, uh, Stepped in and played played well. Najee good. Uh, he looks like he's not going to be able to go again. So a little soft in the middle there. Um, a lot of a lot of it depending on their middle linebacker Miles Jack, who who's had a little bit of a roller coaster season. Uh, so I think there's opportunity for the Texans to uh, do a little bit more damage than they did the first time. And also one of the corners Jalen Ramsey was shipped off to the Rams. So Jalen Ramsey in week two pretty much. Locked down uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think I want to say only held him to uh, 40 yards, something like that. Five catches, 40 yards, something like that. Um, but he's not going to be on the field now. So that's going to roll a lot of coverage in the secondary, possibly open up the middle a little bit more, uh, get some other guys involved. So for a, from a fantasy standpoint, with the linebackers being out and – also, for what this guy did the first game, I, I think Carlos Hyde is a nice little plug-in play if 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 you have somebody on the bye or possibly it, uh, you could run him as a flex uh, in the in, in the week two matchup. He had 20 carries for 90 yards. He had some really tough yards that kind of extended drives with first downs. And I want to say he had he alone had six or seven first downs, rushing first downs. Um, Sure, it was a little bit of a revenge game after because he he did have a short time in Jacksonville last year that was completely unproductive. But uh, I, I think with with the hole in the middle, also uh, Marcel Darius, uh, the big run stopper for the Jaguars, is going to be out uh, with a core muscle injury, I believe. Um, so that's kind of puts puts in uh, Taven Bryan and Avery Jones to try and main up the middle. And they're not Marcel Darius. I'm sorry. So I, I think there's going to be some running lanes there for Carlos Hyde, uh, which could make him a, a viable fantasy uh, fantasy play. Uh, you know, with maybe a touchdown, possibly even two, if they uh, they get inside the red zone or inside the five or something like that. I think he's going to be able to do some damage. Uh, of course, your other other starters. Uh, you definitely got to play Deshaun Watson. I mean, how can you not? He is uh, definitely a you know midseason. MVP candidate, or one of the front runners, and then of course you got uh, DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best uh, best wide receiver in the league. Although his numbers this year haven't really shown it, um, this could be unfortunately for me for being in Jacksonville. This could be a breakout game for him uh, going against either AJ Boye or or uh, Trey Herndon on the outside, or if they move him into the slot, DJ Hayden for the Jaguars, their nickel. Nickelback uh, he's a little banged up as well I look for look for Hopkins to have a have a big game so anybody's who got Hopkins out there I think I think you're going to be uh much happier than the results in week two one of my sleepers that I like for the for the Texans and really for that same reasoning going back to the linebackers is their tight end I want to say Darren Fells let me, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Darin, right there, tight end. Fels, uh, he's been, he has the opportunity to, uh, really kind of, um, uh, gain, gain some yardage there in the middle, uh, down the seam, uh, w- with the youth at, at the weak outside linebacker, or even if it's, uh, miles Jack trying to cover him, uh, Jack's not the best, uh, cover, cover, uh, linebacker in the league. I mean, right now, Fells has, he's already got five touchdowns in the first, uh, first half of the year, which is definitely very telling. It's, it's something that, uh, that Watson, it's somebody that Watson really looks for in the red zone. So if you're looking for a, uh, for a tight end, uh, you know, once again, if somebody, if somebody's kind of eh, a little, little wishy-washy for you right now, or if you need to plug him in, I think Fells is a uh, excellent play for the Houston Texans this weekend against the Jaguars. As far as the Jaguars go, uh, offensively, uh, you got to stick with uh, Leonard Fournette. He's uh, leading the a- AFC in rushing, uh, just uh, having a great bounce back here. Uh, the biggest concern that's coming with Fournette is his ability to score. Uh, through eight games, he has one rushing touchdown. Actually, the whole Jaguar team has one rushing touchdown, which is kind of uh, interesting based on the philosophy that Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin have of the, ground and pound, you know, three yards of cloud of dust kind of mentality. To only have one rushing touchdown through eight games is uh, definitely a concern and definitely perplexing, but I think the Texans have a lot of injuries up front as well on the defensive side, and the way that uh, Fournette is being used, I mean, he's in there, I would say, pretty much every single snap except for maybe one or two there getting spelled by uh, Rakil, uh Armstead, so and also he's been uh, pretty uh, productive as a pass catcher as well. So uh, that's been a pleasant surprise for the Jaguars offense. So uh, definitely keep Fournette in your lineup uh, this weekend in London. As far as, uh, as far as receivers go uh, DJ chart for the, for the Jaguars has definitely emerged as the, uh, as the leader of, of that core uh, really kind of just took it away from uh DD Westbrook and, uh, definitely thought that uh, Westbrook was going to be the one that uh, would, would do it this year based on uh, the preseason and everything. But everybody around here is very pleasantly surprised with DJ Shark and everything that he uh, provides, uh, being 6'4", speed. Uh, he's had some acrobatic acrobatic path, uh, catches, down, and uh, he, he's, uh, he's a touchdown machine, and Minshew has a relationship with him. So I definitely would start Shark. And uh, the other one, I, I would start uh, Minshew as well. I think, I think this is, uh, as I kind of mentioned before, this is, his, this is his game to try and shine to see if he's going to continue to be the quarterback once they come back from the bye. Yes, they had the $88 million man, Nick Foles, coming back, but if Minshew is on a roll and has led them to three, three straight victories, uh, they're, they're about to take on the other two. Uh, other two teams in the, in the division uh, when they come back from the bye, both road games against Indy and, in, in, uh Tennessee. So I like Minshew. Uh, he's, he has been, he's, he's, he's been magical. I mean, he is, our, he is a folk folk hero down here. And I, I think he's going to be able to exploit the, uh, the defense as well. It's going to be night and day. So week two, they really had the reins on him and he didn't, I don't think they open up the entire playbook for him. Um, but that is certainly has progressed over the weeks. Uh, he's really only had one bad game I would say during, during his uh, time. And that was against the saints, uh, about three weeks ago. So I would, uh, if you needed, if you need a quarterback, if, if Minshew was on the waiver wire, which I'd be kind of surprised if he is, but you know, certain leagues are different ways, but, uh, uh, I'm not used to a super flex or anything like uh, Alessandro was playing, but if that if, – if you need to put somebody in there for for that or even as a starter, I think Minshew is, uh, is primed for some for some big numbers on Sunday. Uh, as far as sitting-wise, I, I would sit both defenses. Uh, I, um, I mean, I already mentioned I think it's going to be uh, rather high scoring, um, and that includes the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off of uh, eight sacks, against the jets last week. I think they're going to struggle, uh, with, with the, with the run game with Hyde come, coming, coming coming at him downhill. I think there's, uh, as I mentioned, I think there's going to be opportunity more opportunity for Hawkins than there was in week two. And I think, uh, fells in the middle is going to, is going to exploit them as well. So I would, uh, I know the coming off the eight sacks Jaguars, um, Defense looks pretty tempting, but I would uh, I, I would go elsewhere um, when they play in, in Wembley. All
0: right, thanks, Brad. Uh, Alessandro, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, so go ahead and say it. Say what? Well, I just and again, paying attention to what Brad said is very clear. Keep him in your starting lineup, as as if to say you shouldn't bench him with Fournette. You
1: have any? Uh... Oh my God. All right. We're not doing this anymore, Kyle. Look. You know what, Kyle? You could keep them in your damn lineup because. Uh, I, I have. I mean, you have to.
0: I, I'm, the teams I have them on it are really not that good at running backs, so I don't have other choices.
1: Then then you do it, Kyle. I kept them in my lineup because. But. Um... Look. I mean, look. The the only good thing that is coming from Fournette right now is the fact that he's actually getting passing yards right now. So um, those help out his fantasy value. But, you know, I prefer the touchdowns that he used to get, but mm-hmm.
0: that's just me. And he's getting the red zone work, too. I mean, uh, he's had he 26, 26 red zone carries, but only three inside the five. So it does seem like as soon as they get right to the goal line, they just start throwing. I don't know if teams are just stacking the box, kind of what Brad was saying, right? That the you know, the, uh, the appearance of the Jags being so run heavy, teams are just kind of for- daring them to throw. And DJ Chark keeps coming through for them, and there's other receivers as well. And really, Minshew keeps coming through. So I'd, I'd, and, uh, Brad, I, I, Brad, I agree with the I mean, you don't play too much super flex, but yeah, him as a super I mean, flex play is definitely, I think, a uh, pretty great this week. Uh, the even well, before. The thing.
1: Here's the thing with Fournette. He's a good open field runner, but as soon as you get in the red zone, he's god awful. I mean, a little the game against the Jets. He had he started out, you know, two yards, three yards, and he had a sixty six yard run, and then he couldn't do much after that. Like nineteen, <laughs> it, was the, carries... it was
0: the Titans game all over again. Another sixty.
1: <laughs> that was a 16 oh, yeah, yard run right. still. I mean, I mean, it was it was nineteen carries for seventy six yards. And he had one long one for nine for 66 yards. So for 10 yards, he did 18 carries to get 10 yards. That's saying a lot. And the only reason why, you know, you even consider keeping him in your lineup is the fact that he got seven receptions and he caught all seven for 60 yards. That's the, you know, thing that helped him out. But teams are figuring Fournette out, you know. You could give him the open field yardage if he gets it. But as soon as you put line up the box and load up the box, he can't do much, which is why I say he sucks. But um, he's getting the production, so you can't fight him. And I hate that. <laughs> All right,
0: uh, just and something else Brad was mentioning about Hopkins, right? We, I mean, you know, thinking of how he's been so up and down and had so many disappointing performances in half point PPR leagues, DeAndre Hopkins is the wide receiver nine, and you know, within a point of being the wide receiver seven. So. As much as he's been disappointing, he's still done what you've needed him to do. Certainly look at maybe another wide receiver that went around there, uh, Odell Beckham, who's doing much, much worse. So, uh, yeah, Hopkins, is uh, as disappointed as he's been, he's still pretty great. So uh just thought i put that out there that, you know, he may seem disappointing, but still, he's a wide receiver one right now. Yeah, he's two. Yeah. He's due. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does seem like he might be. And if uh, they can get him away from A.J. Boy, it's probably just going to make it better. But, I mean, he he uh, he produced pretty well against Marshawn Lattimore. So, I don't know if there's a lot of cornerback matchups that scare me away from, from Hopkins. Uh, but, yeah, Brad, I think everything you had was was pretty spot on. I do think that this may be higher scoring. Uh, the, the, the defenses having to travel may not do... So as well, and uh, well, on the surface, you think, okay, the Texans seem like the better team. As you mentioned, the Jags do this all the time. They've gotten accustomed to the whole, to all that travel and they know how to adjust. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if Bill O'Brien can get that team ready to go. Uh, I still like playing Carlos Hyde regardless, but yeah. Yeah, good calls, Brad. Great.
2: Thanks.
0: Uh, we'll move on. Colts and Steelers. So um, the Steelers, according to the Football Outsiders DVOA, they're pretty much Middle of the pack defensively in both categories, run and pass. Um, you know, right on the average and run a little bit above average and pass. Um, either way, we know what the the Colts' game plan is. It's the same. Seems like every week, regardless of if it's a good matchup for them or not. But it's a uh, run the ball heavily with this, especially with Marlon Mack. Um, so I think he should still be started this week. Again, volume based plays uh, doesn't get a ton of pass uh, passing down work, but. Uh, still, from a volume perspective, Mac should be started. T.Y. Hilton, uh, I guess kind of a disappointing performance last week. But it was against Denver and covered by Chris Harris, who's been sort of doing that to, to every receiver this year, regardless of how good they are. Um, I mean, Joe Hayden's pretty good, but I don't think he's as good as what Chris Harris has shown this year. So uh, I'm less worried this week about Hilton than I was last week. And Jacoby Brissett. Uh, so two weeks there was a at the Chiefs a couple weeks ago where they just it was a really heavy run run attack. And then this week against the Denver, who has a much weaker run defense than pass defense. Uh, th- other than that though, he's thrown multiple touchdowns in every game. I think going again going into the Steelers, uh, you don't you don't. There's some good edge rushers there. Uh, but certainly no no cover corner to take out your top weapon like like Chris Harris has. So uh, I think he and Hilton are going to reconnect this week. And uh, I wouldn't be afraid to play Brissett. And in single quarterback leagues you you know you probably don't have to play him. You you probably have better options in single quarterback. But in Superflex, I I don't know. I'd be hard pressed to find you know two better options uh, on your teams unless you draft quarterbacks really well. Uh, on the Steelers side, James Connor and Juju Smith Schuster. Um, you know, especially Juju's had some disappointing performances this year, but you still probably have to play them most weeks regardless. Uh, James Conner gets a tough matchup here now that Darius Leonard's back. The Colts' defense is, uh, you know, it's better than what it was. They're still ranked as the, according to the DVOA, the fourth least efficient run defense. But they've had one week of Darius Leonard. So I, I think once he gets a few games in, that that average is going to go, I was going to say down, but actually up. <laughs> It'll get better. They'll They'll improve. But uh, Connor, just like Fournette, is involved in the passing game. Certainly a ton if uh, Jalen Samuels is is inactive again. But uh, even when Samuels is there, Connor still gets enough targets and receptions to to make him worth it. And again, I think Juju's fine. I don't think the Colts have any corner that can really hang with him that well. Um, So that's the good news there. Uh, And while the Colts do have a good pass rush, the Steelers' offensive line is pretty great. It has been for years, and it it continues to be so. So I'm not too worried about uh, them you know not doing well. Uh, with Mason Rudolph how poorly he played last game, I do wonder if maybe this is the first cuz it's the first time since that bad concussion. I wonder if that got in his head a little bit. And now he's gotten through a full game, he can get back in the practice of things. So I expect him to play better this week even though the matchup is certainly tougher than Miami. Everything's tougher than Miami. Uh, so uh, that being said though, it, it is still kind of scary enough that unless you're really desperate in a super flex league, I would I would probably sit Mason Rudolph. Instead uh, but but I do like some of his options. I like Deontay Johnson. I like Vance McDonald. If Jalen Samuels is back and uh, you need a running back, certainly in PPR leagues, I think he's a, a, a decent option. Uh, I, I wonder if, if he's active again. It'll get back to that uh, original game plan we saw with Rudolph where uh, Connor and Samuels ended up being the top two targets on the team in, in one week. So I wonder if uh, that's maybe a way to, to get Rudolph out of that funk. So if Samuels is in, he may be one of the better plays for the Steelers, maybe above anyone except for Connor and Juju. Uh, Zach Pascal, he finally got a, a game where he was on the field a lot. He, you know, he, they were splitting snaps with Chester Rogers, Dion Kane, uh, and then last week he he saw ninety-two percent of the snaps, and I think he saw he was saw two targets. So it was really strange that he finally got on the field a lot, and then they did, they didn't use him suddenly, especially with Hilton covered by Harris, he would have had a better corner matchup. Um, Just because it seems like he is, at least in playing time, the number two, I'd I'd be willing to trust him again. Um, Obviously, you don't need to in most leagues. Uh, I know I've got him in Scott Fishbowl, and that's deep enough rosters where I know I played him last week and kind of burned me, but I think I'd still be open to playing him this week. And Jack Doyle uh, seems like he's ahead of Ebron in most categories. Certainly, he's on the field a lot more, although with tight ends, that can be misleading with the blocking. Uh, so, I have Jack Doyle's a maybe. I'd even consider Ebron a maybe as well uh, if you really were desperate at tight ends. It might not be the best matchup against the Steelers. I certainly like uh, Brad, your call of playing Darren Fells. I'd much rather play Fells, I think, than either of these two. But uh, there's definitely worse tight ends out there. Uh, not to bring up your example, Alessandra, but uh, Charles Clay, you mentioned him. I- I'd rather play Jack Doyle than Charles Clay. Just because uh with touchdown dependent tight ends, I, I wanna look for the good matchups where touchdowns could be scored and I don't know how much the Cardinals are gonna score against the forty ers That just,
1: no, gives... I just I just had to throw that out there if you need some
0: Yeah, that's fair. And again, there's there's probably worse options than clay out there, but I know I like to look for the offense I think will have the best chance to score a bunch of touchdowns. Uh but anyway, um do you wanna chime in any more to the colts Steelers, Alessandro?
1: Um the only thing I would say about the Steelers defense is that they've had to play some bad teams coming up. I, 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 okay, I wouldn't say that. They've had to play some lesser quality teams. They're not playing the Patriots, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, so they're playing more favorable matchups where they can actually get back into the game and score and all that. So that defense is on a come-up. But with this Colts defense being, you know, better than the average bear, especially with Darius back. Um, I could see, you know, bad times for James Conner, possibly, you know, a couple of sacks. Um, it's like you said, there's no one that's shut down on the uh, Steelers' defense, but it, it, it's it's possible. But, um, you know, they got Joe Hayden, Micah Fitzpatrick. So, I mean, it's it's something, but, you know. But yeah, you you're right. Um, You're gonna play those guys. Um, I wouldn't sit Mason Rudolph because the concussion. You know, he had to get back into the groove of it. So yeah, he he got two turnovers, but he got back into the groove at the end of the game. So I think that he could get back into it. But that's a personal preference. And as far as um, Marlon Mack goes, I wouldn't start him. Um, It it regardless about that Steeler secondary. Their front seven is good, especially TJ Watt. You know, him being up front with Stefan to it and all them, He them, he's actually can stop some, you know, the run game. So, um,
2: you
0: didn't even mention Cam Hayward. I didn't have to. Well, I mean, I, I, well, fair, but I think if you're going to mention one guy, I think it'd be Hayward. But
1: I, I regardless. mean, I mean, Hayward or Watt, Watt's been pretty good.
0: Yeah, but Hayward's, Hayward's what makes that D line tick. He's.
1: Yeah, he's not
0: there. He that that defense is. He he's the. uh, I was gonna say the Mike Daniels piece for the Packers, but he's not there anymore. Uh, yeah, actually no, they've they found new linebackers.
1: Hayward, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I will add you next time. Yeah, but um, sorry,
0: Cam Hayward, who probably very likely listens to this podcast. Yes.
1: Well, you know what, man? Stranger things have happened. Anyways, um, so yes, uh, but yeah, with the front seven being who they are and how good they are and how they're finally clicking, um, I wouldn't play Marlon Mack. Um, If you do play Mack, I think you won't get anything. You'll just get a couple of points, mostly based on um, just, you know, uh, receptions and a couple of yardage. I don't think you actually want to get much from him. I think it's mostly going to be through the air since their secondary is weaker.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um, Brad, do you want to uh, add anything to this game?
2: Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, you guys might be a little more uh, favorable on the Steelers than I am. Uh, I, I, think, I think if the Dolphins weren't trying to tank, uh, they would have won on Monday night if, uh, if they really uh, put their mind to it. And I think, uh, I, think, uh, I think the Colts were a little embarrassed last week with the way they played, having to you know, come back at home against the Broncos. I think they're going to be ready to play. They're going to come out a uh, guns blazing. Uh, I, I, I look for, I mean, uh, I, I think Brissett could be a nice little option as a super flex. Um, sorry. I like, I like saying that cause I just learned about it. Um, but uh, um, I, I think he, he could be a quality uh, quality quarterback uh, this week. Uh, I think T Y Hilton does bounce back uh, Joe Hayden. Uh, I love him. He's, you know, University of Florida boy, but, uh, he's definitely, uh, not, not the same. Uh, he's, he, I don't, I don't even think he's in the same league as Chris Harris, uh, that, that you were mentioning before. So I, I kind of look, I'm kind of looking for the Colts to, to roll the Steelers personally. Um, so with that, with that in mind, uh, really the only Steeler I would trust would be Juju, um, uh, offensively. And then, um, I, I I am leaning a little bit towards uh, what Alessandro was saying with the uh, with uh, Marlon Mack. Um, I, I would kind of, but I, I would kind of creep him up into the maybe category. But I, I definitely see where he's coming from, especially going against the Steelers uh, front seven. But I think I think, uh, think going to be able to stand back there and, uh, and and pick the Steelers apart.
1: I'm not. Well, you're saying you're right. You know, um, Joe Haynes no Chris Harris Jr. I was just saying. With Micah Fitzpatrick, they got a better secondary. Because True. So that, that, that's all I'm saying there. And while it does seem like I am favoring the Steelers a little bit, it's just because it's in Heinz Field. I think the Colts are going to win this game. But mm-hmm. because it's in Heinz Field, it's a lot harder to win there. Plus, you know, with the temperature dropping
2: yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Better and
1: harder, I, I don't think they're going to do as good. But I, I get what you're coming from. But that, that's all I was trying to say with the I second. You. I don't want people thinking – Comparing Joe Hayden and Chris Harris Jr. No, no, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: yeah, who knows what the weather's going to be like in uh, Pittsburgh. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, that's it.
0: All right, then. Alessandro, uh, I think uh, your Jets are up next. Jets at Dolphins. So the Steelers' former opponent from last week. So uh, talk about this AFC East match.
1: Yeah. It's the battle of who gives a damn. <laughs> it really is. Oh hell. So yes, it's the battle of who gives a damn down there in the Sunshine State. Um Jets are heading to Dolphins. It's it's not gonna be a pretty matchup, but um with the Dolphins playing how they're playing, um we'll see how things shape out. Um they just lost King and Drake, which is one of their biggest um uh, targets or one of their biggest um contributors to the offense there we go uh ryan Fitzmagic will play for the rest of the year um you know he will see how he does whether it's ryan fitz tragic or ryan Fitzmagic, magic he looked like ryan Fitzmagic magic on uh monday night against the steelers and then he didn't so uh they yeah it's, it's we're we already talked about them we're gonna leave that alone um so with this game uh Jets uh, is favored to win. Thank God, finally. Hallelujah. I hope so. Um, with this game, it's it's kind of hard to tell because it's in Miami, and this is Adam Gase's old team. So I feel like there will be st- mistakes that will be made. But uh, looking at fantasy value, looking at everything going on, um, don't play front Ryan Fitz. Definitely don't do that. That's – while my corners are – bad and you know they uh they they need you know improvement um we can still uh go after people we can still shut people down our dvoa as far as that goes is not too terrible i think we're on the lower end but it's not that terrible um as far as miami rushing the only person that you can play is no one um if i was able to hold the ace AFC uh, rushing leader to 76 yards, giving up only one long run. Um, I can't imagine Mark Walton doing much better than that or Caleb Balazs. So uh, don't play any running backs from Miami. Uh, Receiving backs, like I said, my corners are a little bit terrible, so we'll see how that goes. But Devontae Parker, Preston Williams are the only two that I would even consider playing. But if you have a better option, go with a better option, and don't play Miami's defense. Um, as far as the Jets go, um, they played the Jaguars this past week. That you know, as was told many times, we got eight sacks against us because my offensive line is terrible. But we, we were able to get some points. Sam Darnold only missed nine of his throws. He is getting better. Um, the interception rates is going up. So there may be something for the Dolphins' defense, but not enough to play them. Um, so play Sam and Superflex as a backup. Don't play them in uh, in redraft, um, mostly because you could probably play someone who better that isn't going to take away those six points you need for the touchdowns or interceptions. Um, Le'Veon Bell, play him. He's poised to have a massive breakout game this game. Um, Miami is terrible against the run. Um, and he's due long overdue, especially with all the trade rumors that he may be traded, especially with everything going on in the Jets organization right now and how bad they are. Um, he's definitely hungry. He's definitely angry. And he's probably going to take it out against the Dolphins who came and stopped stop a butterfly going through the defense. As far as the receiving core goes, um, Robbie Jameson, DT. I would play all of them, and a sleeper for me would be Ryan Griffin. Um, Chris Herndon is coming back, but he's not expected to play a full mount. He's expected to uh, do a limited snap count. But Ryan Griffin's been really showing out. You know, he grabbed sixty-six yards off of four receptions, two touchdowns. I mean, he's been he's been pretty good, and that that's saying a lot for a guy who came us uh, from the Texans. You know, it just says depth. You know, he was supposed to be death. That's it. So he's been doing pretty good for us. Um, He's always favored good against AFC teams. And uh, just this week, uh, well, just this um, thing alone, uh, he's got a couple good yardage. So he's sleeper for me. Uh, He's a maybe flex play or if you, if you don't have one of the big three tight ends, big four, I should say, including Evan Ingram, um, you can play him, but that's definitely a sleeper for me, sleeper pick. What you guys think?
0: Well, the first thing I just want to say before anything else, Brad, is I don't think it's the big four tight ends. I think it's the big six, seven. Cause I think you can add Darren Waller and Mark Andrews, and now that he's back healthy, Hunter Henry, so I think I think tight end goes seven strong. But yeah, you're right, outside of that, um maybe a guy like ryan griffin is a, a an option uh I, I i have one question for both of you if you could only play one dolphins player in this game who would it be uh <laughs> you, go first, you go first brad do i have to
2: uh, uh that's uh, such
0: a mistake yeah if you had to just just one player
1: wow uh <laughs> wow. I, know.
0: I know it's that tough right um yeah,
1: that's, that's I, I, I got, I got, I got. I will play Preston Williams. The Jets' cornerbacks are terrible. They get burned a lot. Preston Williams has been their best receiver, which is saying a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is saying a lot. So um, I'll play Preston Williams if I had if I had to play a Dolphin, I'll play Preston Williams.
2: Yeah, the, he's he's he would be the one that I was leaning towards, um, but. Yeah, if, if, I, if I had to become desperate or something with, with that, that he would probably be the only one that I would go for.
0: I think that's the answer. He's leading them in red zone targets, and uh, Alessandro referenced DVOA. The Jets, as you mentioned, they're, they're below average against the pass. Not too bad. They're just, just below that average line. So, you know, they're right there. There's a group of a, lot, a few teams that are, are decent in that same range, but they're third against the run. So Definitely the way to attack them is through the air. So I think even Parker, like, I don't think Parker's that much further behind uh Preston Williams. Uh, but yeah, Williams getting he's leading the team in red zone targets, as I mentioned. So if there's going to be a touchdown scored in a big game, it's probably going to be him. But yeah, uh, Brad, did you want to
2: add any other input uh for this game? No, um, I'm not really. I mean, just to kind of piggyback off the Sam Darnold thing, I, I know he had a a, a rough one uh, in new England. I mean, that's been talked about several times, but uh, he definitely orchestrated a couple of nice drives uh, in Jacksonville last week. I mean, uh, really just some uh, pinpoint accuracy. He also had a couple picks picks uh, that were, were, were not so good, but uh, I think uh, going against this Miami team, uh, I, I think, I think he could, he could, you know, go into that, uh super flex uh, position. And then, um, I, I'm definitely, definitely on board with the, with Ryan Griffin. Um, you know, uh, he got open in the end zone a couple times last week. Uh, and uh, it's not the first time I've seen that. I'll, I, I, he did that uh, against the Jaguars when he was a Texan. I mean, uh, definitely left you kind of scratching your head. Like who the who the hell is this guy? Who's you know, got two touchdowns in the, in the, in the game. But, uh, but yeah, he, he could certainly sneak in there. If you have, uh, you know, if you have, uh Austin Hooper on a bye like like I do in a, in a league or something and you're looking looking to re- to replace him I I think he would definitely be viable. Uh I mean not 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 as much as uh Fells who I spoke on earlier but uh but yeah certainly certainly no, it mean, uh, could be a look at.
1: I mean to your point I I would definitely play Fells over Griffin but if you had right. to play him like if you have played a guy and you got like Hooper, like you said, on bye, you can't grab Fells and like the the next closest guy, you know, is I I I don't even know how to describe tight, tight ends in the National Football League, or if you either get the big guys or you right. have to scrape by for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. like like all right, prime example right here in a league I'm in, which is a um quarterback league. The top tight ends that you can grab right now for the rest of the season is Chris Herndon of the Jets, uh, Trey Burton of the Bears, Noah Fant, Mike Gillespie, Dawson Knox, Jordan Atkins. Like, those are the top guys because all the other good tight ends are gone. Doyle, um, Wynn Goestart, Ebron, they all got picked up on waiver wires. So I would definitely... I would, If you could grab Griffin, I mean, he's already got 112 yards this season, and that's huge considering the Jets just recently found out what a tight end position can do besides block. (laughs) Um, And he had uh,
0: Luke Falk as his quarterback for a few games too, so that that was also a limiting
1: factor. Yeah, yes, there was limiting factors, and Trevor Simeon for those few snaps. But look, he's averaging 8.6 yards per game, 112 yards receiving on the year, 13 receptions, 3 touchdowns. I mean that's points there. That, that that's sneaky points right there. So I would definitely play him, especially against this Dolphins team that is terrible. Kyle can correct me on what the DVOA is as far as them against tight ends, but I mean I would definitely play him over you know Gillespie or Dawson Knox when you well, have- and their their DVOA
0: against tight ends isn't actually that great. It's just the past DVOA in general is so horrible. Uh, teams could just pick however they want to choose to throw on them, and if Darnold does like throwing over the middle more, then it makes sense that he would go with the tight end, and they shouldn't have any problem in terms of being like, you know, they just shouldn't have any problem being stopped by that in in any way. Uh, I, I like Ryan Griffin better than your Charles Clay call.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, he he's definitely a lot better than Charles Clay. Right now, uh, Charles Clay is scraping about him. You know, let's, let's just scrap it, that. Well, it's, just, it's the you know 49ers defense
0: versus Dolphins defense. Like, <laughs> like there's a there's a massive difference there. Just in it doesn't even matter about points to tight ends. Just in terms of just overall defensive quality, there you know the likelihood that Griffin scores is so much more than Clay. And that's again what outside of those top seven tight ends, that's what you're looking for. That the one that's likeliest to get a touchdown.
1: Oh yeah
0: um okay so let's uh, another afc south game here let's touch down back in in north america though titans at panthers so brad take us away or bring us back
2: sure, sure. i'll yeah bring it bring back to the states here and i mean on paper and when i you know look at this game i mean it, it it's gross i mean no, nothing really stands out but really for both these teams this is a this is a very important game for both these both these teams i mean once again Tennessee Titans in the AFC South they're they're at 4 and 4 uh, tied with the Jaguars I guess uh technically Jaguars have the uh, uh advantage uh on them right now uh, just with their win in uh, week 3 but but they, but they're on a roll they've won two in a row um against the Chargers and against and they held off the Buccaneers last week so so they you know they made some strides and got to got to 500 and then you got the the Panthers who a lot of people were, were looking for them to go out, go out on the West coast last week and maybe put up a little bit of a fight, but lo and behold, they got uh, absolutely waxed by the, by the 49ers and may, maybe that brought them back to reality. I think it certainly brought back uh, quarterback uh, Kyle Allen back to reality. And so I mean, on like I said, on paper, when you look at look at this, you know the the slate for Saturday. That's definitely not one that you want to sit down, grab your popcorn, and uh, and tune into. In my opinion, I mean, I could be wrong, um, but it, it, it does have several implications. I mean, with the Panthers sitting at four and three, a, a win will continue to keep them in the wild card race in the NFC, and uh, once again, four and four Titans with a win, they're there's still a, a game off in the win column in the AFC South, which is, uh, a, like I said before, possibly going to come down to the end. So, as far as fantasy players go with this, I mean, I guess I'll start with the, with Tennessee. Uh, I think you have to um, you have to go with Derrick Henry if, if you have him. I think uh, the Carolina defense, the, their, the Carolina's defense defensive strength is on the edge, uh, is getting after the quarterback. Um, Getting some sacks. I want to say they um, are one, one of the top sack, sack leaders in the league uh, with uh, rookie Brian Burns uh, doing his doing his share. But uh, I, but um, I've definitely seen some um, some softness in the middle. And uh, Derrick Henry, he, he can't exploit that a little bit. Uh, I mean, he's not gonna. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's gonna. You know, get. Um, over 150 or anything like that, but uh, he could get close to 100 and, and maybe a couple touchdowns. Unlike Leonard Fournette, he does get a man sound, typically. Uh, but uh, th- the Titans have, uh, have, you know, gone through a change. Uh, a few weeks ago, they finally sat down on uh, Marcus Mariota and uh, inserted uh, Ryan Tannehill, who came in. I mean, he hasn't been, I wouldn't say lights out by any means, but uh, he's definitely been an upgrade in their passing game uh i wouldn't i i would kind of hesitate to start him um although he he does have a little bit of a winning streak. I hesitate to start him mainly because of the weapons around him who who he has to throw to I, I, that kind of kind of wavers uh, my, my thought process when it comes to Tannehill hill uh behind behind center and as far as their uh their defense goes they have some uh they're dealing with some in injuries right now. Um, their cornerbacks, uh, I want to say uh, Dory Jackson uh, was uh, limited in practice today. Uh, Malcolm Butler, the Super Bowl hero from years ago, uh, he he's injured as well. Uh, so that could open up some things for uh, Carolina, uh, but I'll talk about them in a, in a little while. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, but I, I think the biggest surprise that could happen for the Titans this week is, uh, once again, uh maybe this should be called the tight end show, right? Um is um the uh emergence of the uh I don't know if I'm saying it right, Johnny Smith at tight end. I think uh he I think he's gonna be uh the focal point for Taney Hill. Uh Taney Hill does uh he, he's not much of a risk taker um anymore. He was earlier in his career uh but uh but Smith could can can't get open in, in the zone. Uh, he's a big target. Um, he's, he's got a touchdown. He's, he's already got a, he's got 15 receptions for 239 yards. Uh, Delaney Walker, they're, uh, they're, you know, former all pro at tight end. He's battling an injury most likely not going to be playing. So once again, um, like I said, maybe this is a tight end show, but I, I think Smith could be somebody that you could plug in if, if need be at tight end for, for, uh, for the Titans. And then um, Carolina, I, like like I mentioned, I think Kyle Allen kind of came back to earth last week in uh, in San Francisco. I think a lot of a lot of young quarterbacks would have come back to earth uh, playing uh, San Francisco, uh, but you know I, I I would not start him uh, even though it's at home, even though the uh, even though there are some injuries on on the Titans. I think once again the focus for the Panthers. Is going to be on uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Mister Mister Everything for that offense. I mean, he he his name is inserted as a uh, you know uh, midseason MVP as well. Uh, I mean, truthfully, I think the first time I actually saw him play like from front to from the beginning of the game to the end was when uh, the Jaguars went up there a few weeks ago and uh, McCaffrey just absolutely uh, dismantled him, and uh, I was like, wow, this guy is. Uh, pretty talented. I can't believe I passed on him in my draft. I will never do that again. But, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you got to, got to start McCaffrey uh, just for the rushing yards, the receiving yards. Uh, He's Allen's outlet. He's, he's the whole offense's outlet Um, to go back on the injuries that the, that the Titans have on defense that could, uh, could open up some things for uh, DJ Moore. Who's who's, you know, quietly putting together, I guess, an all right year. Um, I mean, I, the beginning of the year, there there could have been a lot a lot more expectations from him. But I mean, the guy he's he's got 463 yards. Granted, he's only got one touchdown, but he, but he uh, he he's he's got 38 receptions. I, I think that he's going to be able to uh, get open, uh, find some holes, maybe maybe hit a deep ball for Kyle Allen. Um, I mean, look, look for him to have maybe six seven catches and possibly up upwards to about 100 yards, uh, for which would be uh, pretty, uh, pretty amazing for a Carolina offense that does focus everything around McCaffrey. Uh, the Carolina defense, uh, once, once again, uh, one of the top rushers um, of the quarterback. They make a lot of noise in the backfield. They're going to be able to uh, cause some trouble with, uh, to Taney Hill, but I do have some concern at the linebacker position, even with Keekley. Uh, but I, I look for I look for this to be a nice little game. I mean, is Carolina going to be able to respond after last week's uh, embarrassment in San Francisco? And can, ten, can Tennessee continue uh, continue to thrive and, and look for number three? So, uh, I mean, like I said, on paper viewing, you're like, eh, you know. But but it is a very important game, and uh, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, other other players on the Panthers or the Titans, as far as fantasy value, I, I don't really see anything. You, you guys have anything. Am I missing something?
0: Well, I think to echo the point of DJ Moore, I think Curtis Samuel is playable as well. Um, does seem like, you know, more is the, as the body type of a number one receiver uh, kind of gives you, maybe strikes fear a bit more, but it's funny <laughs> to me. It's strange, but um, Curtis Samuel actually has more red zone targets than DJ Moore does this year. Uh, they've been using him more in that area. Uh, I mean, and it's, it's not by a lot. Uh, Samuel's gotten five red zone targets, two red zone carries, whereas Moore's gotten three red zone targets, but one red zone carry. So uh, first off, not a lot of receivers get red zone carries and we see it on some teams. Uh, we've seen it with Robert Woods a lot, but the fact that both of them are kind of getting, you know, they're, they're giving both of these players the ball in areas where maybe your quarterback is, it's tougher to get them the ball through the air. So you give it to them on the ground and hopefully let them make plays that way. So I I'm not super high on either more Samuel this week, but I think both are playable.
1: Let me ask you guys this: What defense would you rather have, Carolina or Tennessee? If you guys are saying all of this, hmm, and, and, and mind you. I, I think it would Tennessee did manage to get three sacks against uh, Tampa, who has a good good O line, and Carolina did get three sacks against San Francisco, that has a much better O line, but still to the point. Who would you rather have? I think I'd
0: rather have the Titans' defense, just simply because I I think you know the uncertainty of quarterback, maybe turnovers kind of happen in that that receivers aren't don't have as much timing with the quarterback whoever's playing um you know McCaffrey scares me because he could do so much that it could it could hurt you that way but uh I feel like he had a pretty decent day against the 49ers and the 49ers defense were still a great play last week so I would say the Titans
2: yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards the Panthers just because of uh the McCaffrey factor uh maybe I'm shell-shocked from what I saw him doing against uh Jacksonville a few weeks ago but I think um as I mentioned before, with the Titans' corners being a little banged up, I, I think there could be some openings there um, for Allen. I mean, I, I know I mentioned that I, that I wouldn't play him, and that's mainly because of what happened last week. But uh, maybe, maybe there could be some opportunities with, with play action off, off of McCaffrey. So. And being at home, uh, I think that Carolina defense is going to be uh, hopefully uh, revved up and looking to avenge last week. So I, I would lean towards Carolina
0: to echo something you were saying earlier brad talking about how the you know the the it's the pass rush that's really making it for the panthers and their pass defense is great uh in dvoa they're the third most effective pass defense and it's a bit of a gap between them and and fourth and then it's a bunch of teams together it's not as big as a gap as it be, is between them and the top two the 49ers and patriots but still it seems like it's clearly the third best they're 32nd in run defense though like they, they, that's that's I, the matchup for the Titans works out well here with Derek Henry. That's why I like how you mentioned that as, as a good play. Uh, I know I was cool on him last week, but this is seems like a great place for Henry. Um, and so I, I, that is what scares me with the Panthers, is that same type of the running back could could be their undoing. I, I do think both defenses are pretty good plays, though, because when it's just the running back going, it's tough for those point totals to get up and the the negative defensive scoring to, to get there.
1: Hmm. I mean, I I would personally go with the Carolina defense, especially because of Tannehill and that whole situation. Um, but more to you guys' um, point, um, Carolina's been putting together a sneaky good defense in terms of run defense. But like like you were saying, the reason why you were worried about the Titans and their defense, I mean, the Panthers also have a good number of guys on their defense um who showed up on injury report um Shaq Thompson didn't practice, Eric Reed didn't practice, um Gerald Everett, uh he got hurt, Varon Butler, he's hurt. Um uh, Christian Miller, I mean, the, I understand Christian Miller isn't like, you know, the guy to go to for them, but these are there are a lot of these guys that, you know, um are first stringers on a defense that are hurt and did not practice. And, you know, it's not because they had a personal day or anything like Jack Thompson has an ankle injury. Reed has a shoulder injury. And, you know, that that's huge when it comes to a defense like this. So, um, to, to be honest, now, the more I think about it, I'm actually I think
0: you guys may have swayed me here. Uh, I was looking at it, and I was actually a little shocked. The Titans are actually dead last in the league in adjusted sack rate. Yes, even worse than your Jets, Alessandro,
1: which hey, is strange. We, because we get a they ha- sack every once in a while, damn it.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, like, the offensive line I'm talking about. Oh, wow. Well, wow! Holy shit. Wow. I, I know, right? It's surprising because they do have talent on that line. Like, how are you lower than the Jets and the Dolphins? So uh, the chances of the Panthers getting a sack in this game actually does seem pretty high. So the, the Panthers' defense probably gives you a better floor than the Titans' defense. I think you play the Titans more if you're chasing that pick six upside. That that probably makes more sense there because Tanhill does protect the football enough. So, uh, I think if you're looking for those sack numbers, I think the Panthers probably is the way to go. So, good call on that, guys. Sure, uh, yeah. Speaking of sack numbers, we've got the Eagles and Bears. I mean, that's probably gonna. Well, actually, the Eagles have a good O line, so maybe not. But. Um,
1: no, I don't. Nine more. It's dude, starting to fall down.
0: I. I <laughs> Well, yeah, Jason Peters' injury has kind of hurt them. Although they've seemed to navigate that pretty well throughout the last few years. Whenever he's been hurt, they've been able to, you know, at least put something together pretty decent at left tackle, which not a lot of teams can do. Some teams lose their left, left tackle, and that's it. <laughs> Protection's gone. I mean, uh, I mean <laughs> who, are you, with your starting left tackle, I don't know that that's
1: like good. No, I don't so, have much starting left tackle.
0: Uh, right, yeah, but, I mean, dude. You still, I feel like you guys have been looking for a left tackle since DeBrikashaw Ferguson retired. We have.
1: All right, continue. Sorry.
0: I, I just wanted to say DeBricashaw Ferguson because that's such an amazing name. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a couple players here worth starting. Uh, thinking of Alan Robinson especially, the Eagles have been so porous to wide receivers, and Ronald Darby is back, but even when he's been playing, they had the the pass defense has not been very good against wide receivers. Right now they've allowed in half-point PBR leagues They've averaged per game the most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So uh, while Trubisky has struggled. Robinson has seemed more consistent this year than he did last year. Uh, so I don't have a problem starting him here. This, it's a pretty g- good matchup. One of, the, one of the better matchups you face. Uh, and again, vaunted Bears defense. But where they're more vulnerable is on the ground. Uh, you know, the, I think it's what the fifth or sixth fewest points to wide receivers. But yet they're uh they've allowed the 12th most to running backs. So I think, especially with miles Sanders kind of dealing with an injury, I think Jordan Howard's going to get enough volume in this game to make him worth playing as well. I uh, also, and another position they're more vulnerable at is through, uh, with the tight end. You know, maybe it's funny. Cause I was on the uh, going for two armchair fantasy show last night. And one of, one of the questions was midseason awards. What was your biggest miss? And one of mine was taking Ertz in the third round everywhere. But that being said, I think I, this is a week you trust him again. Um, Certainly tough to bench someone you've taken in the third round, uh, but you know the Bears are more vulnerable over the middle than they are to the edges. Uh, and, and like Alessandro says, if if the protection does start to break down for the Eagles, they're going to look for shorter throws. Might mean more to Ertz. So uh, I know in DFS, his, his I took a look at prices today on DraftKings, and he was priced down enough to where I think I want to play Ertz in DFS this week. So uh, I I've I don't really have a problem starting him. I know I in, in all the leagues I'm playing him in, I'm going to start him. Even though he may temper expectations, but uh, I think still, this give him given this week here. Uh, I think back to the point of the receivers uh, doing well against the Eagles, I think Anthony Miller gets put into play here. Uh, even Tariq Cohen as a pass-catching running back may do something. And, and thus, with all these receiving options, I think Trubisky and Superflex should be considered. Single quarterback, I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can find at least 12 other players that should be started over Trubisky. Uh, but Superflex, I, I think as a, as a QB2, uh, you could do worse than Trubisky. Uh, Wentz is a little scary because this matchup is tough. They do have the offensive line to protect him. I know they didn't allow a single sack against the Packers, who's been a defense that's been pretty great this year. Uh, so there's hope there. Uh, again, the Bears are better to the outside. So Jeffrey, I don't think he's a must start, but uh, tough to sit Jeffrey. He did all right last week against the Bills. It wasn't amazing, but... I thought he'd get completely shut out. So, and I guess anything more than a zero is, is going to be impress me. Uh, and again, back to the tight ends, though. Dallas Goddard, I think, makes a lot of sense here too. If you're desperate at tight end, I don't know that the touchdown upsides there. Again, going back to we and we I don't know that this is just this episode, Brad. We do tend to do this a lot of, when we're talking about our maybes. I find it's good to compare them to other maybes we've talked about through the show. So, uh, talking about Darren Fells, I'd rather play Darren Fells than Goddard, but you know, there's there's Worse options. I'd rather play Goddard than Charles Clay. Sorry to keep picking on that one, Alessandro. It's it's the easy one, I guess.
1: Hey, we, I've already scrapped that one. <laughs> okay,
0: so uh, regardless, okay, let's not play Charles Clay. That's what we learned from this episode. David Montgomery. As much as I've been one of the biggest David Montgomery supporters, maybe that's another one of my misses. Um, I think I'd sit him this week, though. This is uh, this is a really tough matchup against running backs. That's why I pref- I think Tui Cohen's in for a better uh, production this week is a. Uh, more cemented role as a pass catcher Montgomery's he's shown the ability to get receptions downfield. they're just not they're not really using him that way you know they've not given him the the quality of quantity targets so uh as much as he's coming off a I was gonna say season high but a career high game as well as a rookie uh I think I'd sit Montgomery this week uh Brad you want to uh give any input here
2: sure uh yeah just real quick um I, I'm totally with you with uh, the pain that has been inflicted by the Zach Ertz uh, disappearing act of uh, 2019. Uh, I've got him in a couple leagues and I, I mean, just continually scratching my head. I've, I've even tried to trade him uh, for some other people um, so I could go get a uh, a different uh, tight end there and hopefully some better pieces. So, yeah, just very perplexing what what uh, has happened with him. Um but I, I definitely agree that, uh, that, that he could get open a little bit, uh, in the middle, uh, against the bears. Uh, maybe, maybe this is the week. I mean, I mean, it's week nine. I don't know how much longer we have to wait uh, for him to, uh, to emerge into that top echelon tight end that, uh, that, that he was projected to be, um, and really just even going into the season, I was not, uh, sold on the bears, uh, even after what they did last year, um, I, I don't think uh, Trubisky is the quarterback that they think think that he is. Uh, if anything, he's obviously regressed this year. Um, I do like a Rob. Um, I mean, I actually got a little uh little uh, soft place in my heart during his uh, time here in Jacksonville. But uh, he's a uh, he's a fantastic receiver. Um, I mean, it, it is just a shame that he had to spend time uh, catching balls from Blake Bortles, and now uh, Mitch. Trubisky, but uh, as far as uh, as far as everybody else there, I, I I'm not sure about the uh, the David Montgomery thing uh, to sit him. I, I know he's going against uh, the Eagles defense, but uh, I mean that was that was quite quite the game he had last week. Um, unfortunately, in a in a losing effort for the Bears, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if you have a better option, I I, I would. I would go with that one over over Montgomery. Uh whether whether that is a uh a Derrick Henry or I, I'm not sure if they're in the, the same uh level or anything like that. But uh yeah, no. I, I think everything else uh seems right on right on par.
1: Um I I managed to get um Ertz in a uh auction league and almost in like the last rounds because of how Auction Leagues are set up, so I'm okay benching him um, because I didn't spend any major picks on him. But in all honesty, Arts has been a huge disappointment, and it's been hurting a lot. And, um, yeah, like I said, I benched him for, I think I got Evan Ingram. But that's not, like, a terrible benching. You know, I didn't bench him for, like, some – truly terrible, like, you know, Charles Clay. Um, but um, to your point, I don't think that Ertz is going to get the check down plays. I think that's going to be Miles Sanders because against the Buffalo Bills, who have one of the better run defenses in the game right now, Jordan Howard was able to get 96 yards on him. Miles Sanders was able to get 74, and that's on three carries. Again, the long bomb of seventy uh, 65, you know, granted, but, I mean, even Carson Wentz was able to run 35 yards on him, and that's huge. So I think it's going to be more Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard. You definitely use them as um, flex options. You can flex one and play the other one as an RB or flex the other one, vice versa. Um, just because, I mean, they've both been good, and this Bears defense has been suspect. I mean, like we all said, it started off great, and now it's, you know, suspect. It's... It's, it's gone downhill pretty quick, actually, ever since that Raider game. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I would temper my expectations with them. Uh, I'm talking about the Bears. Um, and uh, But as far as Dave Montgomery, I would actually sit him. Um, just because that Eagles front seven, they are terrible in the secondary, but they are pretty good up front. And so I think that's, that's just, that's just going to kill Dave Montgomery. You go play him, but I think he's going to get killed up front, and I think it's going to be a, a rotation to see who could break through that Eagle front line. The uh, one thing I'll
0: say to that um, with Sanders, anyway, is he didn't practice on Wednesday or today yeah, in practice today. Um, so just monitor that. I do think he's, if he's healthy and out there, I, again, Bears are more vulnerable to running backs than any other position, so it does make sense. Uh, But part of me is thinking that, okay, with Sanders limited, just pushes the Jordan Howard narrative even further. Uh, But you mentioned the Bills. I think it's a good time to transition to our final game of this episode. Uh, Washington traveling to Buffalo. Alessandro. Talk about uh, an AFC East and an NFC East team.
1: Yay. All right.
0: Do we say AFC and NFC least
1: with these two, though?
0: I guess not the Bills. That's insulting to them. I'm not worried about it. No, no, no. No.
1: The the, the AFC East is better than the NFC East because in the NFC, you only have the Cowboys and the Eagles. Although I think this... Depending on the day of the week.
0: I was going to say the Eagles just beat the Bills, though, right? So uh, I think you're right, though. I think I would probably... The low end is pretty low on both of them. But uh, anyway, (laughs) Washington Bills.
1: Yeah, so... um uh the old skins are coming up to the frozen tundra up there um in this game it's gonna be a matter of what the hell is going on um for the bills you know like we were just talking about they got slacked by the eagles somehow in a home game so they're looking to punish the skins um the only win that they had this season is against the Dolphins, and that's squeaking by by one point, and that's because the Dolphins missed a field goal. Well, actually, no, I think it was a point after to tie it up. Anyways, um, yeah, they, they went sque- for
0: two at the end instead of going kicking the point after to tie it.
1: Oh, uh, they went for two. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it was uh, not a very good play call. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> like I said, they squeaked by. So, um, and they played the. The boys, the Eagles, the Bears, the Giants, the Niners, the Vikings. And going forward, they got to play the Bills, the Jets, the Lions, the Panthers, the Packers. I mean, this is – it's a shellacking. They're going to get shellacked. And it's not been fun all around. Um, For them, I mean, they even got thrashed on Thursday Night Football. Not too bad. Um. Case Keenum didn't throw any picks, but Dwayne Haskins did. So uh, (laughs) there you go. Um, With this game, uh, the big names that you're going to be looking for is uh, definitely Josh Allen. He's definitely looking for a revenge game, uh, losing to Buffalo. He's been pretty good not giving up, you know, interceptions. So i definitely look for that. As far as the run game, um, Devin Singletary is back. I saw him on the injury report, but I don't think he's I think he's just, you know, coming off the injury, not going on an injury. Um, Frank Gore, you could play him and Devin Singletary, but I would think Singletary is the play here, Um, even though both of them got overshadowed by Josh Allen, who got more points on less carries than both of them. Uh, For the receiving game, John Brown and Cole Beasley has been fantastic for Buffalo. Those are the top two targets for them, so look to see them more Um, in this game. You know the skin defense has been god awful. There's I'm not even gonna say suspect, just god awful against everything. And with Josh Allen spreading the ball around to Tyler Croft, Singletary, Beasley, Brown, I could definitely see. him opening up the entire field, so um, definitely play them, and now play the Bills defense. Again, like I said, they're looking for a little bit of a revenge game, so um, play them, and we'll see how all this goes down. Um, that's weird, um, and uh, so for the fight for the skins. It, Give me scary Terry and AP. Those are the only two guys I would trust at this point in the ga- in the game in, in in football. Scary Terry and uh, AP are the only two I trust. Terry McLaurin is still getting the most targets and still receiving the mo- and and calling in the most receptions and he's getting the most yardage. AP still the ageless wonder. So those are the only two I would trust on this uh washington defense and offense and everywhere so uh yeah short and sweet like that
2: brad any uh any input
1: yeah i'm gonna i'm i'm pretty much gonna
2: have to agree with all that i i'm definitely uh, leaning towards uh john brown having a uh, having a nice game uh th- this week i mean he's he's had a pretty solid season this could be uh could be a a jump, a jump on his uh on his ranking there. I think I think uh I think he's gonna have plenty plenty of room to get open. Uh and and if Allen can find some accuracy, I, I think he's gonna he'll be able to hit him in stride, pro- possibly for some big scores. I, I, I as far as the game goes itself, I I think uh, Buffalo is gonna um at, to use uh Alessandro's words, it, it's gonna be shellacking. Uh, I think B- Buffalo is gonna. Run, run right over them, um, both offensively and defensively. Really like Buffalo's defense here to uh, cause some turnovers, possibly even give, get a defensive score, which they've been uh, known to do this year. And uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, for the Skins. Yeah, I mean, uh, McLaurin's uh, really the only possible option that I would uh, that I would insert at, at at receiver. Yeah, that's about it.
0: Uh, to me, that this Tre'Davious White is is too scary for Terry. I think uh, I I wouldn't play McLaurin this week, not against Tre'Davious White. I I, I expect Washington to do absolutely nothing in this game. Um, the Bills are most vulnerable to running backs. Uh, at least you look at DVOA. They're actually surprisingly. They're I know the Jags were the worst for a while. The Bills are now worse than them. They're bottom five in run defense DVOA on a per play basis. They're they're not <clears throat> that efficient, but they're top five against the pass. So where Washington will need to attack them to win is on the ground, which leads me towards AP. But I also expect that this game is going to get so out of control for Washington that I don't know how they're going to just be able to rely on AP on the ground. They're going to need to throw, but I don't know that they're going to have that much effectiveness. So I would, I'm of the mindset that you don't play any Washington players this week, not even McLaurin as much as okay, he has so been pretty solid. If
1: you have played one, Kyle, if you yeah. have played one, Kyle, <laughs> come, come I, on.
0: You, you know me with the running backs. I think I'd say AP to be honest. That's that's how bad this matchup against Tre'Davious White
1: is. Really? I mean, I, I, I'm not that I'm not doubting Tre'Davious White and his talent. Yeah. I'm saying like you think it's you don't think scary Terry's gonna do anything against them?
0: Nah, I'm not con- that convinced that he will. No, I think I I think I'd rather play AP. Nope. And I really don't want to play
1: AP this week. You gotta
0: play the Aegis Wonder, man. <laughs> well, I'd rather play the other Ageless Wonder Frank Gore, certainly.
1: Yeah, I would too. Yeah. yeah just again, better right. matchup.
0: This is Washington's allowed the six most fantasy points per game to running back. So uh your point, Alessandro, you said Singletary and Gore are both playable. I-, I agree. I think they're uh obviously John Brown's a must play, I think. Uh one guy I wanna add though is uh maybe more so than any of their tight ends who I, th- I think this is the real top red zone weapon of the team. And Alessandra knows who this is. I've mentioned him enough. Duke Williams played 66% of the snaps last week. He's very clearly the number three receiver on this team. Um, I know a lot of this was made of Tyler Croft in the off season. And yeah, he played 58% of the snaps, but still not getting enough. He's not really getting red zone targets. Um, you know, not that Williams only has one, but he got a touchdown on it. So he's effective on it. Uh, I just think you need to see more opportunity, and uh, this might be the week for Williams to, I guess, break out further. So uh, I'd consider him uh, more of a deep sleeper type thing, desperate for a receiver. I think Williams is a good play.
2: Okay.
0: Sounds good. All right. Um, well, anyway, that's, uh, we've done seven games. We'll do the other seven games in our part two episode. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Thank you, Brad, for joining us.
2: Absolutely. Do you
0: have any uh, final words of wisdom for us?
2: No, uh, not much, not much, really. Just uh, looking forward to uh, Sunday and uh, eating breakfast and watching the Jaguars.
0: (laughs) Uh, Certainly, yeah, right from the get-go. Football all day should be super, super fun. Um, Brad, do you want to share your Twitter account or any of the work you're doing?
2: Sure. Uh, You can find me. uh, My name is Brad Harvin. You can find me at the rundown underscore BH. So at the rundown underscore bh and uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, definitely talk, uh, talk football, fantasy football, uh, baseball, re- really anything just, uh, just to pass the time. Definitely, uh, definitely enjoy uh, coming on here and appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, thank you. We appreciate uh, you sharing your knowledge with us. You know, you're quite in tune with the Jags. So since it's kind of an important week for the Jags Thought it was really fitting for you to come on. Uh, Alessandra, do you want to say anything to Brad or to our audience before we leave?
1: No, I'm just going to cry. I'm just going to do. It. I want to have my little corner.
0: Okay. Well, the good news is you got a game seven of a World Series. I know Brad wants to watch it too, so I'm not going to leave it too much. Uh, just going to give the final goodbyes. Thank you all for listening. You know to follow the podcast on Twitter at fpc underscore fantasy pod, uh, Alessandro at am underscore senator, Kayla Morton, who is not here today, at MortonSalt74, and myself, Kyle Senra at yama underscore ks uh, be sure to check us out on the full press radio network uh rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts uh, and thank you all for letting us once again be part of your lives this was the full press fantasy pod